Welcome to the Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com. Well, we can tell from the extra energy in the room that the ladies had a great time yesterday. So appreciate Cheryl and the ladies' council and all those who helped out. And uh, just I'm looking forward to hearing about that in just a little bit. This morning, I want to speak about the God who speaks and who heals, the God who speaks and heals. And I believe that this weekend is actually a very significant weekend in the life of Calvary Community Church. We have that from the Lord in terms of prophetic revelation and guidance. So uh, today there's actually several people that you're going to hear from that are going to share. And I believe it's going to be an encouragement to you because God speaks to us in so many different ways. And when we hear how God speaks, it actually reminds us, well, if God can do that for that person, then God can do that for me. And so that's a part of what we want to have built up in us today. And then, uh, so we're going to hear, first of all, and we're going to talk about the God who speaks. And then we're going to talk about the God who heals, getting us ready for this evening service in preparation for all that God has as a, not a culmination, but as a launching pad this weekend for actually some things that I believe that the Lord wants to do. So Lord, we thank you. We welcome you. We acknowledge you and we praise you. Lord, we celebrate you and we worship you. We thank you for meeting with us, for being here and engaging us or encountering us. And Lord, we pray that everything that's on your heart, again, as we prayed earlier, would you do everything that's on your heart today and tonight? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce several people that are going to come up, and they're going to come up one at a time, and they're going to share. And first of all, it's going to be my daughter, April Duffy. She married last June a young man named Travis. And Travis, we're glad to have you as a part of the family, brother. And uh, yeah, give it up. And so April's going to come and share. And then Margaret Petrie's going to come and share uh, about how we can ride the wind of the Spirit and actually uh, get in on the impulses of the Lord, both as congregations and as individuals. And then there's a couple of uh, representatives from the ladies' ministry that are going to come. The ladies' conference yesterday, I believe Jane and Wendy are going to come or something like that. And so I want you to have an open spirit and receive the testimony of the Lord as uh, these ladies share. And it's not all ladies' day, by the way. Um, I just, it just worked out this way. But, uh, but that's, that's what happened. So y'all welcome April. Hello, good morning. Um, so... Dad just asked me to share about um, an experience I had praying for somebody a couple of weeks ago. Um, with the pandemic and everything, I haven't been going into grocery stores because delivery is my friend. Um, but I was on vacation a couple weeks ago with my work family, so I had to run into HEB. Um, and I was reminded of the time that we had a couple years ago where we had walked around and asked, how can I pray for you? That was our thing we were doing. Um, and I saw a lady who was working at HEB and she was doing the bakery stuff and I felt the Lord tell me to go pray for her. And I was like, oh no, 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 because it's a, we're all wearing masks. I can't be going up to people doing all this stuff. And so, um, so I wrestled with him for a minute and he was like, would you just go ask her really quick? Like you're in a different city. Nobody's going to know who you are. Like you can, you can slide through pretty easy. So 
Um, so I went up to her and I said, I know this is a weird question to ask you, um, but is there anything that I can pray for you today? And she just kind of blank stared at me for a minute. And I was like, oh no, what if she doesn't know English? And now this is even more complicated. <laughs> and so um, then finally she answered and she was like, well, actually, just yesterday I got a diagnosis that... Um, the lining of my uterus is really infected um, and it's causing me lots of back pain, but I can't stop working right now. Um, and so that was the first thing. And she said, and also I, um, I used to be a pastor's wife. And I said, that's kind of funny because I'm a pastor's daughter. <laughs> um, and so she of course laughed because we have this little bond. Um, and so she said, but something really bad happened. And I, f I know that it's not the Lord's fault, but I know that I have felt my heart get hard towards the Lord. Um, and she said, this is, you know, perfect timing to be having this or whatever. So I just went ahead and prayed for her right there in HEB. Um, and I'll never see her again. So I don't know if there was healing that came forth or not. But um, just stepping into that again felt good and refreshing to, to listen to the voice of the Lord. have a testimony about Jesus. <laughs> That's always going around in my head. Uh, I just wanted to share, in the last week, a few things happened that really encouraged my heart. You know, I love the church family that God has made me a part of. But what I really love is that we are a part of his family in the earth and through the generations. And I don't know if y'all remember last Sunday during worship, Pastor Jeff got up. He had a word he felt like we were supposed to pray for, that God was doing something. And then he led us to shout. And we let out a shout in the Lord. And it was, it was just really a mighty time in God. Well, the next day, I was talking with my daughter. And she said at their church up in Kansas City, at the end of the service... Their pastor led them in a shout. So I thought, oh, well, that's cool. And I told her about us. And uh, when she was in a pastor's meeting that week, she shared this, that, hey, you know, it was so cool. My parents' church did this too. And someone else around the table said, well, you know, I was thinking of sharing this. John Wimber's old church in Anaheim, California, had a shout in the spirit this Sunday too. And when they did it, they got a bunch of communications from other churches that they had shouted in the spirit that Sunday also. And the thing that excites me is there was a shout that the, God, the Lord called out of his church last week. And we got to be a part of it. We heard his call and we responded with his church in the earth. The other thing I wanna share um, heard a message last week on the fear of the Lord that really blessed me. And then in addition to that, and there's a whole other story that I won't get, go into, but my whole family got a prophetic word last week that was, was just such a blessing. So um, I was kind of like the Samaritan woman who just had to tell. You know, so I called my mom on Saturday morning because all this happened Friday night. And I told her about the word. And the church I grew up in, we didn't, we didn't hear God's voice. We didn't talk about things like that. And my mom listens always with such grace and says, wow, that's amazing. I never hear about stuff like this from anybody but you. 
But then I shared with her about the message on the fear of the Lord. And she listened, and then she said to me, you know, the last two days, the fear of the Lord has come to mind. And I felt it. And she said, it's really interesting that you're saying this. And I got to share with my mom, Mom, do you realize that's not a coincidence? That's the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you and inviting you into what he's wanting to do in this day in returning the fear of the Lord to the church. And she just said, I never thought God would speak to me. And so I just am so blessed at what God is doing and that he is moving and returning the fear of the Lord to the church. And he even reaches out to people who are 94 years old, have never thought they'd heard or would ever hear his voice. And he speaks to them as he's speaking to us of what he's doing in this day and inviting us in to like we sang this morning, to say, yes, Lord. So Cheryl asked if I had a testimony from uh, the ladies' conference this weekend. And I was like, can I speak in groans and tongues? Because I don't know if I have human words for it um, yet. So I don't really know what the Lord is doing. I, I feel a, um, a greater freedom, like um, my control freak self is getting some release to let go and let him come in, like bypassing my head. And um, I... Lately, I've been getting an impression similar to what April shared that I need to fall back into the, you know, hey, how can I pray for you today? And so I've been doing that a little bit, but I keep kind of getting a vague impression of like just going up to the person with the cast in the store or, you know, the limp or whatever. And you can like physical ailments that you can see and like, I should probably pray for that person, but I don't know what to say. And so I kind of go the other way and I've just been stuffing that you know, to the side. And so um, I feel like the Lord is bringing hope that I can do that. I can walk in the fear of God rather than the fear of man and and begin to do those things, even if um, my shyness wants to take over or my, um, my fear and concern of what they'll think, you know, wants to take over. And then um, the second thing from yesterday is there was a phrase that um, kind of went like this. Your giftings do not come with a curse. And I've been really wrestling with what the Lord has called me to do in certain areas of my life. And it seems like um, physical ailments or mental um, thoughts, like negative thoughts and, um, and just issues, you know, I got issues, um, have been just popping up when I'm trying to walk that out. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just muddle through it. And, you know, I'm going to praise you, Lord, no matter what. And, and so Cheryl just had a really beautiful testimony and just honestly shared with us some things that she had walked through and the Lord had given her freedom. And it was like an aha moment, like, oh, I don't have to struggle with all this stuff. And so I don't know what the Lord wants to heal in me and do in me and work in me, but I know that I have the spirit of God um, and the authority to walk in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And so I can go to the Lord and begin to contend for those things, even if I don't see the healing right away. Um, so this is my story. This is my song. I will praise my Savior all the day long.
job. And I just want to give a shout out for what the Lord did yesterday. Um, you know, he truly is in our midst and he loves his girls. And, um, you know, one of the things Cheryl said was you, you can't give away something that you don't have. And I see that from Pastor Jeff. I see that in the different ministries in this house. And um, the Lord's doing a new thing in Cheryl, and it just absolutely overflowed and rippled to every one of us yesterday. And just to be in his presence, the gift of, of freedom that we have to come and see Jesus in one another and uh, embrace one another, the unity uh, Cheryl's love and the team, Tanya, um, Becky, Gresset, I mean, just every single one with a, a gift of God's love in their own flavor was just so rich to me. And then, um, you know, we get other little gifts um, that Cheryl and then the team put together for us. But it was just such an amazing opportunity just to be in God's presence. And one of my favorite verses is, um, we have everything that we need. Uh, for life and godliness in Christ Jesus. And there's an overflow of that. And, God, and um, you know, Jeff has been talking about co-creating. Our inheritance, the kingdom of God, is in us. And that overflow, we get to release it everywhere we go. And it's just awesome to come to, you know, these women's events and get those deposits, get that download, just get drenched so that when we go out, there's an overflow. And what a blessing to be part of that at Calvary. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Jane. Calvary, we have a God who speaks. Amen. I've heard several testimonies of how our God does that and how he moves. It's, it's uh, just amazing, and it's mysterious, and it's miraculous, and it's available for every one of us. Each of us can learn to hear the voice of our God. We have a God who communicates. In John chapter 1, verse 1, the Word became flesh. Ooh, that's not it, is it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's Genesis. What is John 1? John 1. Yeah, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah, wow. It's a little age thing. I had a birthday a week ago. What's the nature of the word, word? It's, the, it's communication, right? It's in the nature of our God to communicate that. We've heard that through all the years here. God is the speaking, communicating. He is the revealing, revelatory God in our midst. And throughout the scripture, the Lord Jesus and the scriptures encourage us to listen, to pay attention, to hear. And uh, Jesus said on a number of occasions, he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And all the Gospels record Jesus saying that. And then in, Matthew, in uh, John chapter, uh, actually Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so the Scripture teaches us that we all have capacity to hear. Our God is the God who speaks, and he's the God who heals. Right now we're talking about the God who speaks and the fact that he makes known his ways and he reveals himself to us. But how does God speak? How does God communicate to us? Well, several years ago, Pastor Steve shared with us an article, a blog, and in my sermon notes, I've actually highlighted that so that you can link it, 14 ways that God speaks to us in Scripture. And there are actually more ways in the Scriptures that God says he communicates with us. That's just 14 that came to Pastor Steve, just the top of his head, and he was just jotting those things down. 
Our God is the God who speaks. He's the God who communicates with us. The truth is, you and I need to learn to listen to the language of God. We need to learn how to listen to the language of God. How does God speak today? How does the Lord speak today? The most clear way, the clearest way that he speaks to us today is through Jesus Christ, his son. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. He is the exact representation of the Father, of God. He's actually, the word is effulgence. He, he's the expression, the radiant expression of the Father. So the clearest way that God speaks to us is through his son. And Calvary and, and you online, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to behold the face of the Lord and to grow in your intimacy with Jesus. You see, intimacy opens up lines of communications where we can hear the Lord better. And so as we spend time beholding the Lord, getting to know the Lord, and as we, we seek to be intimate with the Son of God and with the Father and with the Spirit, it opens up lines of communication so that God can speak to us. So intimacy opens up these lines of communication. So he speaks the clearest to us through Jesus, but he speaks most frequently to us through his written word, the scriptures, the Bible. And in our culture, people are coming up with all sorts of reasons to negate the scripture, to ignore the scripture, to disobey the scripture, to set aside the scriptures. But you know what one of the worst things you can do to the scripture is fail to read it, is fail to spend time with God in his word, because I've given a whole bunch of verses there in my notes. There's a whole bunch of verses there that speak to how God speaks to us in his word through the scripture. So I want to invite you. I want to invite you to spend time with God in his word. Just spend some time in the word of God with a devoted ear, with a, a devoted heart, and to connect with the Lord. And if you don't have a scripture plan, here's, here's a free plan right here. Here's a free plan. Take the book of Psalms, and like today is the 18th. Read Psalm 18, then add 30 days to it, or the number 30 to it, and read Psalm 48. Then you can read, and just read. You'll read five Psalms a day that way, and that'll get you into the Scripture. And we're not reading the Psalms in order to say, I did what the pastor asked me to do. <laughs> we're doing it so we can connect with God. Amen. And so you might just get to Psalm 18 in one verse, and then that's highlighted to you, and you just pray that to him. But begin your prayer time with connecting with the Lord with gratitude. Remember, we've been teaching about gratitude. We need attachment to God, and one of the ways that we attach to God is with those golden moments, those golden memories where we think about how we've met God, uh, something we're grateful for, and he's revealed to us some facet of his nature. So begin your prayer time, not with just jumping into the word, but with a relational connection with God, spending some time meditating on that experience, actually reliving it without thinking about it, and let the Lord communicate to you and remind you and restore to you again. And then what I want you to do is read the scripture. Well, you say, but I don't want to do the Psalms. Well, like if you've got a Bible app, a Bible app will have a reading plan if you don't have one and you would like one. Uh, personally, I've used both reading plans. I've used the Psalms way of praying. And then there's other times that I'm just reading through the scriptures. I'll just pick a Bible, uh, a, a book of the Bible to read through. Just get into the word. Amen. 
So God speaks to us most clearly through Jesus Christ. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus and get to know him as revealed in the scriptures and spend time in the holy word of God. So how does God speak today? He speaks through Jesus, he speaks through the scriptures, and then he speaks in a myriad of other ways. The question that follows is how does God speak to you? How does God speak to you individually? The most frequent way that the Lord speaks to me, here's just some of the ways that I engage the Lord. It's through journaling. And journaling, I'm not keeping a diary of what the Lord's doing in my life. My journal is, is my prayer to God. I'm just praying back. I'm writing it down to keep my mind focused, keep, my, keep focused on the Lord. So I journal. I journal my reflections and thoughts that I've been having about the Lord throughout the day or what I'm becoming aware of. So journaling is one of the frequent ways that God speaks to me. I shared last week another frequent way that he speaks with me is through that spiritual practice of dialogue with others. I learn to hear the voice of the Spirit there. Another frequent way that the Lord speaks to me is through devotional scripture reading and then co-creating a sermon or writing a teaching. I'm, I'm beginning to just sense the pleasure of the Lord on that and this creative activity is, is another way that God speaks to me. Then he speaks to me through words of knowledge, through, uh, through corporate prayer meetings, through private prayer times, through personal and corporate worship. I mentioned prayer walking is a very helpful thing for me, is to get up and just walk and pray and to listen to the Lord. Uh, ministry teams, I love to pray on ministry teams because I've learned to hear the voice of the Lord, not only in my own personal prayer closet through journaling, and not only in the midst of worship, but by being on teams and, and following the promptings of the Spirit, I've learned to grow in my capacity to hear the voice of the Lord. And then corporate uh, prayer meetings, that's it, another significant place where God speaks to me. And, and I get the yes and the amen, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I get something, I think I'm supposed to pray it, or is that you, Lord? And then someone else prays it, and you go, I, I am hearing from the Lord. And so God speaks and that's just some of the ways that God speaks to me. But, but how about you? I've shared with you how God speaks to me. He speaks to me in, you know, in my body. We, we talk about five different ways that God gives words and knowledge. But how about you? How is God speaking and communicating with you? Are you learning to listen well? Are you learning to pay attention to the ways that God speaks to you other than the familiar or the familiar ways that God does. I think that God's so creative, he wants to speak to us in, in a d bunch of different ways. And the truth is, you and I get comfortable with the ways he speaks to us, right? And we want him to speak that way. But if, if you're not hearing the voice of the Lord currently in the way you're, you're used to, the familiar way, then try some other ways, amen? So maybe journaling's not for you, but spend some time in devotional scripture reading or come to a corporate prayer meeting or prayer walk or, or try solitude and silence. There's just so many, there's so many spiritual practices where you can connect with God, so just try different ones. Try different ones. They'll help you in your journey. But um, don't just rely on the familiar. Don't just rely on that one way that God speaks to you. Really funny thing that used to happen to me when we first started Calvary. Um, we, the Holy Spirit just was ministering to people and, and, and we were seeing a lot of people get saved in those early days. And a lot of guests in our services 
And, uh, and back then, we had to sit up on the platform. And so I was sitting up here, and, uh, and man, the, the spirit of conviction would just come into the room. And I don't know how many times I prayed and nailed it down one more time that I was a follower of Jesus. I'd, I'd clearly given my life to Jesus at age nine, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd followed him. And, and, but man, this spirit of conviction would come in, and I would just feel the weight of that. And I would repent all over again, and I'd pray the sinner's prayer when the pastor was leading in the prayer time. And finally one day, this impression came from the Lord, and, and it's not audible, it's not like this, but this was the interpretation, this was getting it through. It was, would you give me a break? And the Lord said, I'm not doing this for you. Would you bless the spirit of conviction, and would you bless what I'm doing in people, and would you pray for them when the spirit of conviction comes in the room. Because see, in my heritage as a Baptist, I learned a familiar word of conviction. Amen? I mean, I heard that every Sunday. That was a familiar way he spoke to me. And uh, the Lord was going, well, again, it, was, it wasn't audible, but it was, give me a break. And I'd gotten so used to that familiar way that I didn't, I wasn't asking him, what do you want me to do with this? And so, um, anyway, that's been a learning thing for me. And I'll get used to one way he speaks, and then he starts trying to teach me a new way. And I'll kind of resist, because I like the old, that which is familiar. I like, I like that which is familiar, and he keeps stretching me. So if there's not life on what you're currently doing, try some other ways. Try some other things. Listen. Um, you know, it can be dreams. It can be, there's just so many different ways that God speaks to us. And so I want to encourage us to listen to the language of God, and then I want to encourage us to listen to the impulses of the Spirit, to listen to the impulses of the Spirit. We need to pay attention to what God's doing. So an impulse, you actually heard three or four different testimonies of God giving, so you can call an impulse a prompting, an impression, or a leading, right? So people say, I don't think God ever speaks to me. Well, but do you have, do you have a leading? Do you have a sense? Do you have an impression of something that you ought to do, like, I need to pick up the phone and I need to call so-and-so. I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. You know, that's what we normally think of, right? Why would we, re the devil's not gonna have you pick up the phone and call somebody and pray for him, right? Or like, like was testified, the fear of the Lord. I mean, does the, does the enemy really want us walking in the fear of the Lord, or does that really come from you? Do, is that like one of your frequent prayers? Well, for some of us, it might be. That's a great thing. But, you know, we just, we dismiss those things, those promptings, those urgings, those leadings, those impressions. I want to tell you, would you just, would you just, and don't pray this, God, if this is you, that just shuts down the Holy Spirit. What you might do is if you get this leading and say, Lord, I think you're speaking to me. Would you help me to follow through and obey? And just, just try it. And if the person goes like, like April did. You know, hey, I, I wonder, is there something I can pray with you about? She had a leading, right? How did she know it was from the Lord or not? And then there was that pregnant pause when the lady didn't answer because God was meeting with her, right? The Lord was there. And so, you know, we're processing, oh, I blew it. I didn't say what I was supposed to say. And then there was the, the sharing and the, con the confirmation. Listen, if we'll have the courage to risk appropriately, then we'll grow in our capacity to hear the Lord and to follow the promptings of the Spirit, risking appropriately. We, we say around here, don't go up to somebody and say, God told me to tell you. Don't do that, okay? That's just not, say, hey, I kind of sort of think maybe 
I was getting something, and I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Does this make sense? Or, or I kind of sort of kind of maybe think that, that, that this verse, we just want to do it humbly, right? We just want to go up. But, but you don't have to act like you have all the answers or like you know something. Even if your confidence level's at a level 15 on a scale of 1 to 10, let's still be humble in sharing it, right? Because it's between them and the Lord, and you're just the, you're the messenger. You're the one that gets to share. Whatever it is that the Lord's prompting, maybe, maybe like Margaret's mom, the Lord is prompting something, and it's actually a wind word of the Spirit to the whole church right now. Isn't that exciting? The Lord wants to do something in the fear of the Lord. Are we paying attention to the language of God? Are we paying attention to the promptings of the Spirit? Turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter uh, 19. We're going to spend time and we're just going to read this whole section of what happened in Elijah's life. He's just come down from Mount Carmel, and they've had the experience of God moving in great signs and wonders and in power, and God moving against the prophets of Baal, and, and God causing fire to fall on the altar and to prove who was really God, was it God or Baal? And now we're to chapter 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, and he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I don't make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went on a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree or a juniper tree. He sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. I've had, enough, the, uh, I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and he drank and then he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and he touched him. And he said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave, and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and they put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and a powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out, and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Friends, the truth is God does come sometimes like a mighty rushing wind, doesn't he? He did that on the day of Pentecost. Sometimes God 
comes in the sounds of earthquake, like he did at Mount Sinai when he met with Moses and the children of Israel, and he gave the law. And sometimes God speaks in the midst of the fire like he did to Moses from the burning bush. In this case, with Elijah, the Lord spoke with a gentle whisper. Sometimes God comes with impulses, impressions, leadings, promptings, knowings, and such. I want you to know our God can speak through the dramatic, and he can speak through a whisper. A lot of times we want God to write it on the calendar, write it on the wall, to come in an audible voice. And I know we all pray for that, right? We, we want that. We want that kind of clarity. But you know, let's let God be God and let's let God come how he wants to to us. Amen? So are we paying attention? Are we listening? Are we, are we following the promptings of the Holy Spirit in how he speaks to us. You know, the truth is, I believe that every one of us, I believe God's speaking to every one of us. Are we paying attention? Are we being a good steward? Are we, or are we so busy? You know, in Mark chapter 4, there's the parable of the seed and the sower, and it describes the four kinds of soil. What kind of soil is your heart? What kind of... What kind of soil are you? Only one of those was good soil, right? Only one of those. One was like, like on the road. It had so much traffic that the seed couldn't get in. So much traffic, so busy. Another one was like seed that fell on the rocks. It was shallow. There was no washing with the water of the word. There was no, there was no depth there. No water could get to it. So that, that seed got choked out. The first seed got snatched away by the birds there. Then there's the seed that falls, that falls among the weeds, right? There's things that choke it out. Other things vying for our attention, our affections, and, and it chokes out the word of God. But there's seed that falls on the good soil, and it bears 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold fruit for those that hear it, retain it, and bear fruit, it goes on to say in Mark and in Luke. Oh, Calvary, I, I, pray we'll, I pray we'll never settle with what we've had in the past. Amen? I pray we'll keep growing. I pray we'll keep learning. We'll keep sharing. So we can grow in our capacity to discern the voice of the Lord. And we can learn to grow in our capacity to distinguish, is this the voice of the Lord? Is this my voice? Or is this the voice of the enemy. We can actually learn to distinguish that. It takes practice to discern the voice of the Lord from our own voice or from the voice of the enemy. We need safe places to practice, to learn, and to grow. And Calvary, this is a safe place where you can practice, where you can learn, you can grow. It's also helpful to reflect and to process with others who've grown in their capacity to hear and discern the voice of the Lord. So if you want to grow in your capacity, get around others that are just a step or two or more ahead of you in the journey and listen to them talk and they'll be sharing and you go, wow, God speaks to me that way too. Margaret was able to encourage her mom and say, that's the voice of the Lord. How was she able to do that? Because she's heard that from the Lord. She's heard similar impressions, that stirring. And we all wonder, is that God or not? It's very helpful to journey with a community that's learning to listen and discern the voice of the Lord. We were meant to journey with others. 
I'll, I'll be really honest. I think one of the main weapons of the enemy in this day is to divide and conquer. He wants to cut us off from the family of God, from the people of God, and we actually need community more than we know. I'm learning about that as we study this stuff on brain science and the way we were wired. We are actually wired for attachment to God and attachment to others. And you can attach to the wrong others. We need to attach to people that are a little bit farther in the spiritual maturity journey with us and they can help us in our character development because it's when we're around people, it's not the principles that transform us, it's when we look at a life uh, 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 of, of someone and we watch how they're handling a certain circumstance or a certain situation or we hear the story of how they did that actually rewires our neural pathways and we get access to new character development and we go, I can do that too. You don't access that just by pulling it up like a file on the left side of your brain, but we were actually taught to live by the left side of our brain. Wouldn't you like to hear an hour-long sermon just right now on the brain science and, and how God's made us and wired us? So the God who speaks... Cheryl said next week. Okay, I'll fit that in with the sermon next week and it'll be a double, do, a, a double dip. So we talked about the God who speaks. Now I want to talk about the God who heals. Again, this is a significant weekend for us. We've heard the encouraging words and testimonies of how God is speaking, moving, and acting. And now I want to share an important prophetic word for this weekend. I received an email from Shannon Birdwell on Saturday, April the 10th. So it was a week ago Saturday. And uh, he shared this uh, with the deacons last Tuesday night, and then Jay led us in the release of the healing uh, part of the word on Monday night at prayer, and then uh, I shared it uh, with our team this week, and then we talked about it here at prayer on Thursday morning. Shannon's one of our deacons. He's one of the prayer room leaders here at Calvary. He's a person who moves in the prophetic. He also has a, a gifting as a teacher in our midst. He, he and Susie are just a blessing here. And I really appreciate when someone's got their, their uh, ears up and they're paying attention and listening. And he put together some things for me in this email, and I want to share it with you because it's about this weekend. And so he said, I was spending time with Tom Petrie, and we came up, and something came up as we were discussing. You may know the word from Paul Cain and his mother, Anna, from several years ago about the church. Before Anna died at 104 years old, she told Paul that the Lord was going to give her a word for Paul that was for the church, and it would be confirmed by her death, as I understand the story. She went into a coma for a number of days before she died, and Paul was concerned because he hadn't gotten the word. At one point, she came out of the coma and told Paul that the word for the church was Luke 4.18, Then she relapsed back into the coma. She died on April the 18th, which is 4.18, at 4.18 in the afternoon, confirming the word about Luke 4.18 for the church. Parenthetically, um, when, when Paul's mother went into the coma and she had been there for, for several weeks or for a long time, uh, Paul recognized that she was going to pass away and he called his good friend Mike Bickle to come down and Mike spent some time with him and with Anna in the room. And then uh, when Anna passed away, the nurses and the doctors, everybody came in and said, what time was it? And uh, Mike said, well, it was 418 
And then Mike is at a conference actually a couple of months later, and some people were there at the conference who had been praying for Paul and for his mom and praying for the word of the Lord to come forth that a lot of people were expecting. And, uh, and so Mike shared the word about Luke 4.18, and he was asked by this group, so what time did the word come? And he said, 4.18 p.m. And they said, what was the date? And the date was 4.18. Well, it just all of a sudden, that all came together for Mike and those, that number of, of 4.18s. So Friday night, or April the 9th, at IHOP in Kansas City, they had their Friday night service, and they had a prophetic guy speak by the name of Chris Reed. Chris said, so Chris is prophesying and ministering last weekend, a week ago, at IHOP, and the Lord told him that when Prince Philip died, Luke 4.18 word would begin for the church, and you know that Prince Philip died on Friday, April the 9th, or according to this email yesterday, when Shannon was writing. He said, in a week, the ladies will have their conference, and I understand that the topic is on healing. A week from tomorrow, we'll be having our healing service at Calvary on Sunday night, and that date will be 4.18. I'm believing that Luke 4.18 is a word for us, and here's the verse. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set free the oppressed. So, when Shannon said that to me, I just got really excited about this weekend. I got really excited because it's hard not to get excited when you're around Shira Moses for weeks and months before the event, and she's been sharing with us in her effervescent way, and it's just been bubbling up all over the place. And so she was excited about this weekend. And ladies, I know y'all had a great encounter with the Lord yesterday. And I appreciate Shannon bringing this to our attention to help us as a congregation get in on the prophetic flow and the timing of this Kairos moment. And so Jesus came to embody and to show us the kingdom of God. Jesus revealed to us how we're supposed to live in intimacy with the Father. In my notes, I've given you a bunch of verses, but Jesus said, I only say what the Father is saying. I only do what the Father is doing. He said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus revealed to us that, that we were supposed to live in intimacy with him. And then according to Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray and this is in the midst, verse 15 is talking about all these people coming to him to get healed, to get touched. They wanted to hear the word of God. And then verse 17 says that the power of God was present for him to perform healing. And so the key to Jesus' life was intimacy with the Father. Friends, I want you to know the key to our lives is our intimacy with the living God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so Jesus embodied, he showed us the kingdom of God, showed us how to live in intimacy with, with, with the Father. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, Mark, Mark 1, 14 and 15. Jesus, his, his gospel message was not the gospel of salvation only. It was not the gospel of health and wealth. It was not the gospel of church growth. It was not the gospel of prosperity. It was the gospel of the kingdom of God. What is it like when God shows up and he rules and he reigns? That's what Jesus came to preach and to teach. And that's what the disciples taught. And that's what they shared also. And Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit 
to do the works of the kingdom of God. Luke 4, 18. Jesus says, the Spirit has anointed me. The Spirit has anointed me to do what? To do four things. It says to, to bring good news to the poor. That's salvation. To set free the captives. That's deliverance. And, and the scripture says to, uh, to open the blind eyes. That's healing. And then to encourage the oppressed or to deliver the impressed, the, the oppressed. That, that's God coming with healing of the heart with, with that powerful word that he ministers. Jesus is anointed to meet every need that people have. So he came and, and he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. And he said, the spirit of God has anointed me to do these works. And Jesus proclaimed and demonstrated the gospel of the kingdom of God. Turn in your, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. And I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation while you follow in your translation. Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. Matthew 4, 23. Jesus ministered from place to place throughout all the province of Galilee. He taught in the synagogues, preaching the hope of the kingdom realm and healing every sickness and disease among the people. His fame spread everywhere. Many people who were in pain and suffering with every kind of illness were brought to Jesus for their healing. And those with mental illness, or in some translations it says epileptics, so it's actually a broader word that indicates to us those that were suffering from mental disease or mental illness, paralytics, and those tormented by demon, demonic powers, they were all set free. And everyone who was brought to Jesus was healed. So this resulted in massive crowds of people following him. And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So Jesus came and embodied. He showed us how you and I were supposed to live. And then Jesus anointed and appointed his followers to go and do, to do the exact same things that he had been doing and to say and to pray and to proclaim the exact same things that he had been saying. There's many passages uh, that I've noted. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2 uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. John chapter 20, verse 21. You just go on and on that Jesus still continues the works that he's doing through us, through the body of Christ, and it's never stopped in history. It didn't stop with the first century, but I want to give you a first century illustration. Turn to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, and let's look at verses 11 to 16. So Jesus appointed and anointed us to do what he's been doing and to say what he's been saying. Acts 5, 11. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these things. So this is the fear of the Lord that Margaret was referencing. So there's, there's a, a fear of the Lord has come upon the church the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on, the bed, on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, 
and all of them were healed. That sounds like Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. All of them were healed. Uh, and, and Matthew chapter 9, and, and over and over again, the passages said, and everyone was healed. It, it continued in the New Testament church, and it's continued to this day where people get touched, they get saved, healed, delivered, and encouraged by the Lord. And so, again, the key to doing the works of the Lord Jesus is intimacy with the Lord and the dependency upon the Holy Spirit, just as it was for Jesus. So here are those two promptings. The key to doing what Jesus does and saying what Jesus says is intimacy with God and, and it, it's following the promptings, it, it's, it's, it's dependency upon the Holy Spirit. This weekend, we're believing God. We're believing God for a fresh move of the Spirit, and we're, we're praying for a fresh move of the Spirit, according to Luke 4.18, that will result in many people getting saved, healed, delivered, and encouraged. That's the bottom line of the message today. The God who speaks and heals. It started yesterday. Actually, it started months ago for us. We've entered into a season, an ebb and flow, but there's been things happening. And even as we joked on the announcement video, we're, we're trying to learn how to minister effectively to you guys online. And I want to thank you for the testimonies that you've sent of in the middle of services, the Spirit of God touching you with healing. That's really encouraging to us. And I want to say, keep those coming. Those testimonies encourage us. And then in our healing services, that's been happening. Our God isn't relegated and restricted to this room, amen? He's touching people in our ministries. He's touching people on Wednesday nights. He's touching people in our job places, our neighborhood places. God is touching people, and we're blessed. So I shared this word with you that Shannon wrote to me, and let's say, may it be so according to the word of God. This is 418. Isn't it interesting that God had us plan a healing service for tonight after the ladies' conference on healing? Now, who could orchestrate that? Jesus. That's the right answer. Remember, we're in church. Everybody can say, Jesus, it's safe. Jesus, Jesus, go, Jesus, go. Let's believe God and let's step out with, with people and let's pray with a new level of faith and a new level of intentionality. So let's step out in faith to pray for people, and with a new level of intentionality with what the Lord wants to do. So Luke 4.18, I want to read it again. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's stand. We hope you've enjoyed this episode from Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary Community Church, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com.